Well, it's Friday pizza night at my home. It has been for years. Love, love, love. Pizza, as do many Americans, and that is definitely something our next guest knows all about as the CEO of Blaze Pizza, which has restaurants around the country, also in Canada, and can uh, lay claim to one very well-known investor and franchisee owner. We're talking about LeBron James. Let's bring in the company's president and CEO, Mandy Shaw. She is with us on the phone in California. I'm thinking about my pizza, which is why I can't speak. <laughs> Mandy, nice to have you here. You're welcome to Bloomberg. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here and love to hear that you uh, have your weekly pizza. That sounds like the majority of uh, Americans. I think there's a number like 13% of the population is eating pizza on any particular day. So <laughs> That is what, well, tell me about the last, the last year. Like, how has that been for you? I mean, go back, first of all, a year. What was going through your mind as the pandemic was kicking off? Yeah, it's not funny. A year uh, yeah. feels like it, and then it feels like 10 years. Mm-hmm. If you think back to that first uh, week of shutdowns when everything sort of solidified, no one knew if this was the apocalypse, right? So the first thing that we had to do was make sure our franchisees were financially secure. We're a 99% franchise organization. Uh, so we gave an industry-leading release package for nine weeks. We coached them on PPP. We had individual coaching sessions with franchisees to make sure they could get those dollars that, as they became available. Uh, we provided other forms of relief. We got tons of vendor donations for hand sanitizer, masks, a lot of the things that had to go into the restaurant to make sure that safety was paramount for our team members as well as our guests coming into the restaurant. And then Really, where we deepened what is really important to me anyway from a franchise perspective is transparency and communication. We Mm -hmm. had daily calls with our franchise council. We had weekly franchise, all-hand franchisee calls where we said, here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what we're going to tell you next week, right? And Mm -hmm. so if you think about the business, our dine-in sales were still 80% of our uh, top line pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and then they all just shut off. <laughs> wow, so yeah. we had to, what what I called, get gorilla <laughs> and figure out how we raise awareness that we were still open. You could still come into a blaze, walk down the line, make your pizza and take it out. You just couldn't sit down in the restaurant. And, you know, we already had delivery with two providers uh, and other, other um, like, curbside, or, uh, excuse me, carry out and, and walk out service. But we introduced curbside carryout in three weeks' time. I just said, we got to get it up. we got to figure out how to do this and move quickly and make it happen. We added Uber Eats as our third delivery provider, and those were incremental sales. Uh, and so we just put together a lot of programs to make sure that we were taking care of our franchisees and getting those sales back in the door as fast as we possibly could. You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, conversations that we have had um, with restaurants that, you know, had a digital strategy perhaps, but all of a sudden, because they had to, ramped it up dramatically. Tell me about the digitization of your business and how that strategy has maybe changed because of the pandemic or or has been ramped up. Uh, <laughs> ramped up, you called it. <laughs> What's the word you up? would use? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, we're up 150%. You yeah. know, we started... Um, in the summer of 2019, we launched two specialty crusts, a cauliflower crust, and we were the first national chain to launch a keto crust, with six grams net carbs. Mm. And so right on the heels of that, we also launched a large pizza, a shareable family office space, you know, more like what a legacy pizza um, looks like. And it delivers better because it's engineered to hold heat. 
And so we had a 360-degree media campaign to build a digital business, and it was growing. We had a, an eight-point comp swing from, call it fall of, of the year prior to <laughs> just before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and then it dropped out. So from great pain comes great reward at times. What this has done for us is build that digital business. We range week to week from 50-50 to 60-40 in terms of digital versus dine-in. And what that means for us is greater total top line coming out of the pandemic might be a slightly painful way to get there, right? <laughs> uh, going through all the things that we had to do. But the mass of people who came to off-premise dining, uh, you know, I, I read some statistics at one point about there's a 600% increase of people over the age of 50 adopting app ordering, right, delivery, third-party delivery, and those sorts of things that we saw in the numbers and, and what these players have been able to accomplish. Right. So we got our piece of that, and now as we get dining rooms reopened again, we're retaining 80% of that business or so, which means our volumes are much higher than they were previously, which, again, is, is a win for the brand. Mandy, I kind of ask you, what's it like to have LeBron James uh, as uh, an investor, as a franchisee, a franchisee owner, uh, someone who's actually – been a lot of videos, viral videos um, for Blaze Pizza. <laughs> what is that like? Uh, one word, fun, right? It's <laughs> yes. so exciting. You know, LeBron is, is a great partner in that he actually cares and he makes selective uh, choices about who he, quote, gets in bed with, right? And mm -hmm. years ago, he decided to come to Blaze because of our philosophy of clean ingredients, better food, better for you, you know, a new way to pizza upgrades. And so it's, it's a rather informal partnership that just really is fun. Anything that we offer up to him, like those viral videos, he just says, yeah, let's have a good time with this and, and see what we can do. And it's really just part of his portfolio. And Blaze wins when he wins and vice versa. So it's a it's a very nice additive part to what the, the Blaze uh, persona is for sure. Well, it's interesting too. You talk about kind of things that are important to him in terms of how you guys make your pizzas. It's real ingredients, not frozen. They're made in house every day. No chemicals, no additives, no nitrates in the meats. I mean, this is a huge trend in the food industry, and we just see it continue to pick up momentum. How is that shaping kind of how you guys continue to move forward? How you uh, you know, supply out ingredients. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, our chef, uh, Chef Brad Kent, was one of the founders of Blaze. And honestly, I rely on him quite a bit. <laughs> mm. And the concept does, because his background is really unique. He's, he's got a business degree. He's a food scientist. He has worked as a personal chef and was a food designer for some large brands across the country. So he's a very unique chef in that he understands what corporate R&D is about but he really makes amazing food. So he's one of the first people who worked directly with providers to do things that you would never think of, like take additives and preservatives out of banana peppers. All other banana peppers have some kind of preservative in them to keep that yellow, bright, vibrant color, and we have none of that. So the list is long of things where he has just decided it's important, and he really wants to change the world. He wants to mm -hmm. have an impact on food supply and the food system and showing that you don't have to, you know, compromise when you eat things. It's not, we don't do it in a luxury way. We're not here to, you know, mm -hmm. tell people how they should eat. To us, it's the cornerstone of how we want to present ourselves and what is important to the consumer. So anything we put in the restaurants, we put it through that lens of, does it meet this criteria of really being a better product and tasting amazing, right? We're not out just chasing trends. Uh, just for the sake of chasing them. So it, it actually is, thank you for mentioning it, a really important part of, 
of what we do. Well, it's a lot. And I got to say, it's a bigger and bigger conversation that we are having um, when it comes to anything with food. I mean, I think back to conversations we've had with John Mackey over at Whole Foods, uh, conversations I had for years with Steve Ells about what they were doing at Chipotle, like this whole idea of how can we make kind of the whole food supply chain better and provide people with food that is better for them ultimately. Um, going forward, tell me about growth plans and, and has the pandemic sped them up, slowed them down? How has it changed maybe, you know, the expansion or any kind of CapEx spending going forward? Great question. Um, Really, the slowness that came from the pandemic was related to just COVID delays, not necessarily anyone having trepidation about opening a restaurant. So we opened 20 restaurants last year. We've got 30 in the pipeline this year, uh, which means people might have been a little slower to pull the trigger on new opportunities. Mm -hmm. But real estate is opening up. So that means this is where the growth moment comes. And particularly after large economic disruptions or life-changing economic uh, situations, franchisees tend to win. (laughs) People who might be displaced from their jobs and have always had this dream of running a restaurant and have some involvement or have an operating partner who has some experience actually will come seek out brands like us. We have over 150 people in our pipeline uh, who are interested in opening blazes. We have territories available in some really hot markets because we need to build some density. There's still an awareness proposition for fast casual pizza across the country where a lot of people need to figure out what that is and pure point a moment ago, figure out what better pizza tastes like. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so our, we have a, a rough pencil to 800 by 2025, and that's based mm. on sustainable growth. I think there's a lot of concern with franchisees occasionally about, oh, they're just opening restaurants to open them. Uh, I'm, I am more about franchisee profitability, right? The more I can get you to open a restaurant that has a great return, you will open more restaurants, and then my P&L takes care of itself. So, yeah, we have a we have a, a a great track record ahead of us of um, getting to that 800 number, mm-hmm. but in a really sustainable way. Yeah, really interesting. Um, is it all going to stay U.S. Canada, or there thoughts overseas expand the overseas network, or how do you see it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, okay. definitely. We're actually already in uh, Dubai, Bahrain. Oh, forgive me. Um, yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, and I think this brand has legs almost universally. I mean, pizza is just Mm. one of those ubiquitous uh, food groups, right? Right. But certainly India, uh, South Korea is a tremendous market. China, um, yeah, sky's the limit. We have a little bit of work we're doing this year on some of the domestic footprint, really optimizing franchisee profitability, again, because the the better you can get that machine to work, the faster the proposition sells itself. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of investment that we're making this year from a corporate perspective to make sure that happens. But we absolutely have our eye on other international markets. I like to think of pizza as a main food group. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Um, what's the plan, though? Do you stay private? There's lots of money floating out there. There's companies going public through a SPAC. I've talked to folks with restaurant SPACs who are looking for properties to snap up. What's the plan? Is there anything on that horizon? I get a lot of calls from bankers. (laughs) I bet you do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think eventually, right, uh, the franchise model is pretty capital light. So there's not a burning need for me right now to raise a ton of money. But it's one of those things that we are. I I describe Blaze as we're at the Harvard business case pivot point of where restaurant companies get. Right. You Mm -hmm. hit 300 to 400 units and you either invest, like I was referring to a moment ago, put some money into it, do consumer research, some brand work, 
make sure your pricing is aligned, focus on profitability, and, and put in the infrastructure such that you can grow to 500, 800, 1,000, et cetera. Right. Or you get really excited about your own P&L and how sexy everybody thinks you are, <laughs> and you, you might go too soon. Uh, and so yeah. I, I say yes, but it's not what I lay awake you know, lay awake at night thinking about. Right. It's more about this idea of just growing the concept to where I believe it should be. Well, this was a great conversation. Do come back and tell us how things are going, and and we'd love to hear updates. Uh, Have a good weekend. Mandy Shaw, she's president and CEO of Blaze Pizza, joining us from California. I did a quick poll. Pepperoni is the favorite topping. Kevin Cirilli coming up with Sound On. What's your favorite topping on pizza? Um, Pepperoni, and now I know (laughs) what I'm having for dinner, and Congressman Brendan Boyle is joining me. You should have some pizza. That's the I'm definitely wrap. having pizza tonight. <laughs> definitely. Have a good show. Looking forward to it. All right. Sound on with Kevin's really coming up from our whole Bloomberg Business Week team. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good and safe weekend. This is Bloomberg.